brighter than normal. It is. I kind of shined it. Welcome home radio. The waters in the mortgage industry can be pretty muddy. Whether it's investing, leasing, renting, home insurance, or myths and misconceptions. Welcome Home Radio has the answers for you, the consumer. And now, to help you make the right home buying decision for you and your family. Here are your hosts. And welcome to Welcome Home Radio, August 8th. I hope everybody is going to love this week. We're going to be below triple digits for the first time in three weeks. So, you know, Alan, you're going to be able to ride your bike to coffee, and uh, I'm going to be able to take off comfort. And just an exciting week here at Welcome Home Radio. Guys, with the industry the way it's going, where rates are fluctuating, there's still good rates, but of course, the rates are bouncing all around, as well as costs to get on tables, buying on to rate tables. Credit becomes a much critical issue. And your credit impacts every decision, every impact, the challenge opportunities that you pursue, whether it's apartment, home, buying a car, doing insurance, even employment can be impacted by credit. Today, we wanna to talk about some key changes to the credit industry with our good friend and sponsor, Nathan Biller, White Jacobs and Associates. We're so glad you're here, Nathan. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Blair. I appreciate it. I love being on the show. Well, we're so glad to have you and excited to hear about what changes have happened in 2022. So I'm sure our head monkey butt's going to put us all up to uh, quad screens here, but help our listening audience understand what are the changes that are taking place. And again, Listening audience, you can find us at welcomehomeradio.net. You can leave your questions there. You can look at other shows there, like us there, but find this information as well as finding Nathan's information so you can ask him directly if you so choose. But Nathan, the floor is yours. Yeah, so there's been some specific changes to credit reporting for collections, specifically medical collections. Um, so as of July 1st, 2022, paid medical collections should not appear on any credit reports. Wow. You mean yes. no collections for medical at all? Yes. And I've been monitoring, of course, as I do on a. Now, you said you said paid, right? Paid. Yes. They paid. have to have been paid, paid. or settled in uh, for less than the full balance. So what that means is 
you should never see a medical collection now on a credit report as of July 1st that has a $0 balance. So that won't impact any of the calculations into a score. Uh, it will in so much that that collection was on there as a negative account that was potentially impacting the score in a derogatory way, even after it was paid. Yeah. Now that it's being removed, there will obviously be no impact on the scores. So before, when you owed $100,000, $100,000 would show that you are in debt for that. But if you paid 50 of it, now only 50 shows? Well, there are many collection companies that handle medical collections. Some of those were automatically removing those from credit reports after they were paid. And paid can also mean if they agreed to a settlement amount less than the full balance. But there were certain medical collection companies that would continue to report the collection just with a balance of zero, which still impacts the scores negatively. That's oh, okay. no longer the case. This obviously only affects medical collections. Um, so it does not impact, you know, if you pay a collection for a, a cable bill, cell phone, something like that, that's not going to change. But medical collections now, if a client either has paid them or chooses to pay them, they will be removed by the bureaus automatically. So, Tom, help me out here and, and, and correct me where I'm wrong, but how I see this affecting our listeners is, one, medical collections was never a part of the calculation for debt to income ratio, DTI but it does impact the scores that that borrower or borrowers would be impacted because it is taken off the credit report a hundred percent. Yeah. As long as the algorithms don't see it, uh, it's going to assist in getting you a higher credit score and thus better pricing uh, so as a result of that. I had a question with Nathan. You said you were monitoring it. Is the efficiency there or is that happening? Yes. Uh, on an efficient basis to, you know, it's been just over a month. I have not seen a medical collection on a report with a zero balance. And they're required to take them off within 30 days, right? Once they're paid down to zero. Yes. Well, they have to report new information to the bureaus every 30 days. And so once they've been paid, they would report that information, yeah. which then would automatically get the account removed. So it happens pretty quickly as far as this improvement of credit scoring. Yes. Now, there's another factor that's going to take place sometime in the first half of next year, starting, you know, probably April, between April and July of next year. Any medical collections with the balance below five hundred dollars will also automatically no longer report. So even if these are unpaid collections, if the balance is five hundred dollars or less, you won't see those on credit reports in any capacity either sometime next year. Okay. That'll, that'll start, uh, as you said, in January. Uh, well, they have not given a date. They say by the middle of 2023. Okay. Okay. So if I understand, is that per trade line or is that total on somebody's report? Because they could have five medical collections and all of them being less than $500. All of them will go away or is it just a total? No, it's per trade line. Any medical collection, $500 or less individually, will no longer show on any of the credit reports that you see. Wow. Yeah. This so that's good huge. news. Yeah. That's huge. Right. It's good news for consumers. Um, that is a lot of, you know, the clients I have have these types of issues. But what it means is 
when you go in now as a consumer and dispute items on your credit report, they've pretty much taken care of the things that you're going to ever have success disputing. So what's on your credit report, you know, by the middle of next year are going to be the kind of things that disputing is not really going to be very effective in removing in any kind of way if you're doing it just on your own directly through the bureaus. So there will still be quite a lot of negative, you know, collections, uh, charge-offs, late payments, and those are going to be the things that are going to probably be more difficult to get resolved on your own unless you have the services that we provide or unless there's very specific circumstances. I'm also reading here dealing with medical collections as of July 1, consumers will get a full year to work out insurance or billing issues before unpaid medical debt will even be reported. Yeah, it was. it's right now it's six months. By the middle of next year, it will be a full year. So they have a longer period from the time that these things go delinquent and they get transferred to collections before they can report. That's the third and final change in this more recent, um, you know, I don't know if it's a law, but the more recent changes that they've made regarding the reporting. So just so the average consumer like myself can understand, um, if, if your bill is paid, why was that showing up anyway? What was the logic there? It's still the case that you'll see original creditor accounts that are charged off with zero balances. You'll see collections with zero balances that are non-medical. Those continue to impact consumers in a negative way. The thinking behind it is just because you paid it doesn't mean that you had you didn't have any delinquency that we're going to show to calculate your credit score. And so, you know, just because you finally had enough money or decided to make a payment on this account doesn't mean you get full credit for that as a positive account from the beginning. And so the thinking was that that's going to help them determine the credit score in a more accurate way. The problem is with medical debt, a lot of times those things are insurance issues. They're issues with the medical provider. There's a lot of different moving pieces where the consumer was getting a negative effect from those even after they were paid because they remained on the report. Now, at least those smaller balance medical collections or paid medical collections will no longer impact credit scores. Sounds like to me you're working your way out of a job there, Nathan. No, that's that's kind of this is all good. You know, my job is to get people. Oh, he still through. has plenty of problems. Out there. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say. Well, I'll <laughs> this say is just one more a small thing, yeah. little pebble in the ocean. You talk about right, a recession-proof job. It's a ripple. It, it, yeah, this look. My job is to get people approved for mortgage loans, consumer loans. That's my job, and so this is going to help in that regard. But it's also going to focus. Um, my efforts more on the kinds of things that people actually should be focused on, which is things that are really affecting them negatively that are big debts they haven't paid, big periods of time where they had late payment history, um, charged off accounts. So I don't have to you know, have somebody go through a attorney-based program just to get rid of a couple of paid medical collections, which actually happened quite often. It was very frustrating for the consumer. <laughs> well, Tom, is this going to cause the loan programs to increase their scores with this site, you know, is 580 going to go to 620 because of these types of things that are happening in the consumer world, or is it just a positive impact and, and we move forward? I mean, I, well, I in my not so humble opinion, 
this will just be an underlying help and assist with the uh, use of credit. And um, I can't see investors changing their, their guidance on this. Uh, other factors would affect it, such as a lot of uh, are an uptick in foreclosures, uptick in default. But uh, credit score, uh, the guidelines the investors ask for, that they're not going to hone in on this and see. I mean, we're all, we've I already had enough problems in credit scoring in Texas as any place else around. So with some of the lowest credit scores in the nation, do you know what the, the national average is now, Nathan, as far as credit scores? Um, last thing I knew, it was in the like mid 600s, maybe maybe low 600s, but that, that was last year. I don't know if it's changed. Okay. So I want our listening audience to understand why we're so excited about this because I had one client right now, Nathan's been talking to us. And in fact, he's making a phone call on this client today, but he has one collection. And if that one collection can be gone as a paid delete and or just gone, that credit score is going to jump 100 basis points, roughly, anywhere between 85 and 110. If depending on when that collection and how that is impacted and what credit pool you've done, it can impact one trade line can impact you over 100 basis points. This is huge that these will automatically be gone, dropped, deleted, not even taken into a credit for pulling a hard credit pool. So this is a positive, positive thing. Now, if you have five, six, or seven of them, and they're all medical, then it's a very positive thing. But if it's a mixed bag of three medical and four other collections, you're not going to see this as great an impact to your score because, of course, you want to get rid of all of them, not just one. Mm -hmm. So uh, wonderful, wonderful news. And again, I see here, it, in the first half of 2023, the credit bureaus will begin omitting medical collection debt under $500. And, that's, and as you said, that is per trade line. Mm -hmm. So you can have five, six, seven of these. If they're all below $500 debt, those will be gone. And wow, that's yep. huge. Yeah, there's, um, you know, obviously quite a lot of other collections that are non-medical. This, this does not affect those in any way. Also, there are quite a lot of higher dollar, um, you know, $1,000, $5,000, $10,000 medical debt that I see. This will not affect that in any way unless those have been paid or settled. But at least it's a beginning. And the things that are really on a credit report now or starting next year should be the kinds of things that are going to be more, um, you know, something that consumers should have some kind of a responsibility for. And then if that's something they want to work towards paying and the, the collection company will still have to do some kind of an arrangement to remove the account as part of that settlement um, to automatically get it off, or they'll have to contact somebody like me to, re to resolve those types of things. Wonderful. Well, that is huge news. What other news do you have for us? I have some bad news. I started okay. with the good. Okay, let's turn it off. Show's over. Show's <laughs> over. We're done. We, we, we're finished. <laughs> this really shouldn't be bad news, but unfortunately, I know that it's going to be, and, and this is why I'm not going to have any difficulty maintaining my current position. There is a uh, less than a month before the deferment period on student loans is going to end, and there is no signs that it's going to be extended again. It's been over two years since anyone accumulated any interest on federal student loans 
And most of those people have chosen not to make a payment in that time period, which means they kind of forgot about those student loans to a certain degree. And if they're ignoring any communications from their uh, loan servicer, then August 31st or sometime after, there's going to be a payment owed that they're going to miss and they're going to have new late payments on the credit report related to student loans. So you or anybody that has clients or has personal student loans needs to understand when that payment's going to be owed and scheduled. And that information is going to be either available currently or it's going to be something that's communicated to them within the next 30 days. I know at least two people that, you know, they're totally ignoring it. They're getting mixed messages on the media. It's all going to be forgiven. I'm not going to take the money I have and try to buy my loan down. And so I guess they're in for a surprise is what you're saying. Yeah, there's there is absolutely no way I believe that that there's going to be any kind of a forgiveness that's legislation that's passed or enacted prior to the end of this month. And so even if that was something that's possible in the future, I've never seen anything say it's going to be any more than $10,000 per individual at most, even if it does come through. And it's certainly not going to be the case that it's going to remove any kind of responsibility for them to make payments on the student loan starting at the end of this month. Let's let's be sure of something in that reading, that 10000 that you mentioned, it's only for those accounts that are up to speed and are in the right. process of being paid and have been paid for a period of time. They're not just going to any deferment and then all of a sudden drop that dollars. It's going to be for accurate, updated accounts that are be in the action of being paid. And so this is a critical, critical issue. I mean, more and more people are getting student debt and not paying it off or starting to pay it off. They're not going to see a benefit in it. And like you said, this is kind of bad news that will catch a lot of people by surprise. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, I bet it is. And, you know, I, I had a quick question back to the medical part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the good news that we can use and how we relate it to the average person. Is there any idea what the average debt is? Is there like an average debt or um, or is it just all over the board and there's no average or what? Well, if we're just talking about the the average, most of the medical collections I have seen on credit reports in the past have been less than $100. And the second highest category was 100 to 200. So this will wipe away most of those accounts. But I've also seen $11,000 $11,000 medical debt as a collection. So it's it's all over the map. It, it's There's no limit, but most of the accounts are very small. It's like a, a toxicology thing here or a pathology thing here. And it's little, you know, nickel and dime stuff that impacts you significantly. That's going to be gone now. So, so it'd be safe to say most people don't even know their $150 medical debts holding them back. A lot of people don't until I review a report or Blair pulls up a report and tells them that that's affecting them. That is so true. They don't know it because what happens, and and I've had to watch that, is major surgery happens. Okay, we know the rough amount, but then there's always that trailer bill that comes in after insurance is already paid that was never assumed, never known about. And it suddenly, oh, wait a minute, that's a part of insurance. Okay, they'll take care of it wait a minute, and it's not, and then all of a sudden it becomes an issue. And I'm a little shocked that it's below, like you said, below $200. Yeah. That's amazing to me. Um, But that's the news we can use. We can talk 
we can talk, spread that cheer. I'm going to start today. I mean, that's a, I, I didn't know it was a hundred dollars. That's I'm really glad I asked because I had no, I was thinking thousands. Therefore people knew they were thousands in debt and they had no chance. And, you know, now, gosh, that's really nice. Well, I see one other thing that's happening with this new change. And as you said, it, uh, they have, what is it, six months to a year to get the billing accurate with the issues. That means the medical industry is not going to be able to sell at the end of the every year to collections that 20, 25 cents on the dollar because they're going to have to wait in that delay. It's going to delay the accounting cycle of a normal hospital. And so, yeah. therefore, cash flow is going to become an issue or a challenge if they're not prepared for this. So, I, I, I mean, it's great news for the consumer. Uh, we That's where we're focused at. But being aware of these sorts of things is critical. Now, there's something else I do want to ask you about because I'm seeing this, this buy now, pay later credit line. Are you familiar with this, Nathan? Yeah. Scary. Help us understand what this means because the only thing I can think of buy now, pay later is Amazon uh, <laughs> or, or online shopping with the AFIS foreign exchange. Uh, I mean, what do they mean by the the it's called BNPL buy now pay later yeah. type of situation. Um, I I don't have any clients that have personal experiences uh, with these accounts. I've just know what I've read online. Um, but essentially, I, I I don't even know that they require a credit check. I think they just allow you to, to make purchases on an account, and then you're required to pay that back, kind of like a credit card. But the problem is. Um, you know, you've got an account there where you could spend up to a certain amount without them really having much information about the potential consumer. And so it puts you in a position where this is the kind of thing where people might end up not paying back within the time period given. And then they, they could just as easily have this become a negative account. It's my understanding on a credit report. Well, and, and what I'm seeing here is that it's at zero percent interest. So there is no cost. Right in borrowing this. And so therefore people that think they're smarter than the credit world are going to use it, maximize it, and then try to stay up with it. And uh, it is going, I think it's going to cause a problem because it, it also says here 100 million US adults are using the buy now pay later financing program. And it has become a part of a credit trade line now that is classified on a credit for short term loans. And this can lower your scores, it says here. Yeah, so, I've seen it on a report. It's It looks very familiar, just kind of like a, a personal loan would on a report, but it could just as easily report you late as any other account. And of course, if there's any kind of a delinquency, then it'll show as a negative um, account as well. Are these 30-day, 60-day, 90-day payback things or whatever? These are 120 days to 360-day programs. Oh, gosh. That's a disaster going to happen. Yeah. Well, it yeah. is. It is. Yeah. Whenever nobody pay, there's no consequence for borrowing money. No consequence. You forget, forget about it. It's going to be a problem now. So where can I get some money? <laughs> yeah, I need to know. <laughs> can you send me the link on that website? <laughs> Come on. Don't I, I can see Alan's coffee bill go up all, all of a sudden. Uh, Nathan, the final, I mean, this is the only thing that I have. You probably have some more here for us, but um, 
what's what is impacted from COVID to to now that that you're that you have to let people that you're working with or others know what would you tell to the public about the COVID event um, shutdown blah 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 layup you know people are running into problems mm -hmm. what can they be doing to help their credit to be able to start off and do yeah. something else? yeah well we talked about the student loans so. Um, outside of that period of deferment, a lot of times there have been, well, for most of my clients, really, there have been periods during the last couple of years where there are late payments reported. And a lot of times that is due to something that's COVID related, um, either a loss of job for some reason or a period of time where there was no income or they were in the hospital and forgot to or couldn't make a payment on an account. All of the major banks that, that I've been in contact with, um, both personally, but also through my clients, have some language that their customer service people have been instructed to give goodwill on some of these types of things. So for example, if you have a Chase account, a mortgage account even, or a car loan, credit card, et cetera, and you've been late, if you call Chase fairly quickly after that, and explain the reason for this, and it's COVID related to some degree, they have been instructed to give the consumer a pass, meaning they'll contact the bureaus and remove that some of the time. It's not for sure. It depends on how long it's been. It depends on the type of account. But there used to be the case that would never fly. You would never get those removed if you gave a verbal uh, request. And that's not the case now. So when I talk to a client and I'm trying to get their credit up, if they've had a very recent late payment on any kind of account, I say, hey, call them, tell them exactly what happened, ask if they can contact the bureaus to change that information. There is nothing illegal with a creditor doing a goodwill adjustment to the credit bureaus on an account, even if the information listed is accurate at the time. They can just as easily tell the bureaus this was on time as a uh, make nice for the consumer. And so I request all my clients, if it's a brand new late payment or something like that, go through that process. If it's successful, great. If it's not, that's something that we'll go after to try to get removed. Great, great words. Now, what is this new trend data that is coming out or FICO 10 yeah. has come out in January of 2020? Oh. Help us understand all about this. Well, this is this could be a whole show, but this is going to really change credit as we know it. it and it's fico 10 okay so it's not really used right now because right now either you know as you know with the mortgage they're using older versions of fico for that so unless they adopt fico 10 at some point for mortgages it's really not going to impact that but if we're talking about credit cards car loans they'll use more current uh, versions of fico and so if they're using fico 10 which is available now it's just not really being used they're using trend data what does that mean that means they're seeing information that's not currently visible on the credit report. They are able to see your balance on the account for the last 12, 24, 36 months. Okay. So instead of just seeing your credit card today has been paid down to a certain balance, they're seeing what the balance has been every single month and factoring all of that in to a current credit score. And so if you're student loan debt is a, was above the um, the amount that you, and the initial amount of the loan, if it at some point went above that, even though that may have been paid down since, it's going to impact you because that was six months ago. Or if you maxed out your credit card for a period of time and then finally paid it down, 
you're not going to have the same benefit that somebody that had kept the uh, balance low that same period would have. And so it's going to be a lot more complicated. It's going to impact many people in a negative way. It's going to impact some people in a positive way, but it's going to make the scores um, not just reflective of what's currently on the report, but what's been on the report for the past so many months. So there's going to be, that's more of a consequence thing. It's more realistic. Yeah. Um, it also makes it more difficult to manipulate your score like we try to help people do. Yeah. And so it's just going to mean that people have to be more um, consistent in their uh, finances as opposed to waiting till the last minute to try to get approved for something. Nathan, just a, I've got a couple of quick questions as far as for our listeners. How many FICO scores are there currently? Well, the every model, yeah. So, so there's 13, but there'll there's be 13 more. 13 total. Okay. They're adding to that, obviously. Blair knew that. I yeah. should have just asked him. <laughs> he knows. I which was one do those fingers use, fast. Which one do we use for the mortgage industry? Four. It's, it's two, two on Experian, four on Equifax, and five on TransUnion, I believe. Okay. Okay. And why that is is a whole nother story, but yeah, okay. codified, and and that's not going to change anytime <laughs> soon unless there's a big you know change in the regulations. But ten won't be something we're using. This is going to be credit cards and car loans and those as far as using that ten. Yeah, unless something changes, it. it will not affect mortgage loans at all, right? Yeah, now. And if you stay out of debt, you don't have to worry about any of this. <laughs> well, like we said, COVID was tough for a lot of people, so I don't necessarily hold them all responsible, but it does mean it might take longer to dig out of a hole than six months, you know. So one of the aspects, you, I love what you said, we all need to manage our debt wisely, and that's a long-term effort. That's not something short-term, flash in the pan, you're done. Um it always scares me when we help somebody out of 350 or 400 and we get them up to a good credit score to do something. And then are we setting them up for failure because they haven't set up or managed their habits? Uh, you know, paying off a credit card can help you, but are they going to load it right back up if they want to? Yep. Um, what are you seeing in the credit generic, you know, people wanting, are there, what's the age that people start worrying about credit? And, and they start understanding it, how to manage it. So yeah. that they, I mean, I'm sure you see an average age. Um, what, what, what is that? Can you give us some demographics for us? Yeah, I mean, very few of my clients are under the age of 30, um, just because that's when people even recognize that credit is important a lot of times because there's no education still. Um, it's not part of any curriculum. There's some, um, you know, uh, college classes you can take, but who wants to take that when you could take something else? So it's not something people really learn about. And the, the information they're given a lot of times starts with you. They're trying to buy a house and that's when they learn about credit. Um, or, you know, cause, cause credit cards are something people sometimes take advantage of. A lot of people don't. Um, and so if they don't have a car loan, uh, student loan, uh, mortgage loan, they might not have a lot of credit. So I, I have, found that people that are a little bit younger are a little more interested now than they used to be when I started doing this 10 years ago. Um, I think the people that are coming out of high school are, are a little more um, wise to a lot of things going on financially that I wasn't aware of when I was coming out of high school. So um, that's good. But ultimately, unless they're trying to get approved for something, 
very few people care. Even people that are elderly could care less about their credit unless it's keeping them from doing something. I think that'd be a good show in the future right there. How to establish credit. I mean, I would think it would be a great show. Yeah. Uh, I, I see people, adults in their mid to upper 20s um, trying to buy homes through their parents. Their parents have credit and, yeah. you know, they buy the house. The kids make the payments to the parents and things like that. You, you, I know that has always happened, but I think that's happening a lot more now than I've ever seen it. You know, Blair and myself, I know what Blair's parents told him as far as establishing credit. Blair, do you remember what your parents told you to do? By any chance? Well, I, I remember how it happened for me, but I don't well, know. Well, my parents and the big deal in my neighborhood when we were young and getting out of going to college, they said, open an account with Sears. <laughs> That was always the solution because Sears would always give you an account to start mm. with. And, and then just, from Sears in 1985 came the Discover card. That's correct. Yeah. With the, with the cash so back deal that mom, that's how I mom always my loved her Discover card because they gave her cash back. She paid it off right. every month. And once 19, a year, she'd get a check for $50 or $100. 1972, my dad walked me into the bank and said, my son would like to borrow $900. We took that $900, put it into a savings account. My dad put 35 more dollars in there and said, start paying every month on this for the next 12 months, paying that off. Never used it for anything, but it was there to establish a history That's with funny. a bank. And that was an account I could work toward. Now, when did credit become credit reporting credit? I don't know what year that started in. What year did that start so that those were reporting to bureaus and were available to, for other people to pull with? I have so, no idea. So Nathan's going to have to do a history lesson before exactly. he does, does this, how to get credit. Because we've got such great stories, Nathan. Nobody yeah. would do it anymore because there's no Sears. <laughs> when I bought my Amazon pickup truck, I got out of school and I went to New Dotson. <laughs> which obviously there is no new, there's no Dodson's anymore, but I went in there and he said, your interest rate's going to be 20 and a half percent. Unless you can show me you graduated college and we can knock it down to 19.5. So I drove back to the apartment, got my diploma. <laughs> I literally put it on the desk. And that's I the first know. time you, that's the first and last time you ever used your diploma. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's behind me in this closet collecting dust. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting to Blair's point about when did this all start? I know when I just said the kids are having to use parents' money, it's kind of our generation's fault a little bit because it changed a lot. I, my dad was the same way. Get out. You're 18, pay rent if you're staying here go get a job, go learn, blah, blah, blah. Well, today it's our kids were more, you're okay. We'll pay for your college. We'll do everything. We'll do everything for you. Oh it's no, changed. we'll keep doing our insurance until you're 25. Yeah. Everything's changed. So we're a little bit to blame for what's going on too, I think. Um, but it's interesting. I love that. I learned that hundred dollar medical bills made a difference in credit. I had no idea that would matter. 
zero. And I've been doing this a long time, but I had no idea. There's a lot of people, if they look at their credit report today, their scores are a lot higher than they were two months ago, and they didn't even do anything. Wow. There's another. There's a thesis sentence right there. Nathan, where can where can our listeners get a hold of you? And I see the number there, but mm-hmm. tell them a little bit real quick how to get a hold of you and, and where you work at. Yeah, White Jacobs and Associates. We're an attorney-based credit restoration company. That means we provide a lot of options, both for building credit and also removing negative information through FCRA laws. So that's what we do. But honestly, I just like to look at reports and give people good advice about a lot of these things, collections, student loans. If you don't have any idea where to start, give me a call, give Blair a call. We can pull a credit report and then we can go from there. Obviously, if you're trying to buy a house, that's a a goal, but there's a lot of other things that credit's used for these days. That's my cell phone number that's listed there. If you can see it, 940-613-5310. I'm a communicator. I'm very easy to get a hold of. The attorneys do the work. I'm there just to provide the information and expectations for our clients. Um, And so anyone can reach out to me anytime with any questions about credit. Uh, Whitejacobs.com is the website. But, you know, at this point, with things changing, that means there's a lot of new information that people are not aware of. And so the best place to start is somebody that has full knowledge of what's going on. And that would be one of us or, you know, contacting me directly. He, Tom, did you notice he used those four syllable words, restoration? I mean, I, 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 I need credit help. Come on. that's Well, that's I don't want to use the word credit repair because I say credit repair 99% of the time is going to be a waste of your money, especially now with these things automatically gone. Credit yeah. repair means they're just doing what you could do on your own for free, and they're probably not even doing it as well as you could do it. What we offer is very different because we'll yes, um, essentially represent the client in audits through the attorney's office. That way, there's not really an opportunity for them to ignore the requests. Very true. Very true. They do a great job. Nathan, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity to hear the new news. This is huge. Please share it more. Please share this video out there. You can find us on all 13 sites that we're on, Spotify, to just welcomehomeradio.net. I'm Blair Thomas. I'm Tom Holm. I'm Alan Pace. God bless. Y'all have a great rest of your week. Thank you.